When our wickedness had reached its height and it had been made perfectly clear that its wages, punishment and death, were to be expected, the time arrived for God to manifest his own kindness and power. He himself took upon himself the burden of our transgressions. He himself gave up his own son as a ransom for us, the holy one for the lawless, the guiltless for the guilty, the just for the unjust, the incorruptible for the incorruptible, the immortal for the mortal. For what else but his righteousness could have covered our sins? In whom was it possible for us, the lawless and ungodly, to be justified, except in the Son of God alone? Oh, the sweet exchange, oh, the incomprehensible work of God, oh, the unexpected blessings, that the sinfulness of many should be hidden in one righteous person, while the righteousness of one should be just, should justify many sinners. Isn't that a great quote? It is taken from an ancient letter known today as the letter to Diognetus. We don't actually know the author of the letter, but we know that it was written around the middle of the second century, putting it within 100 to maybe 150 years from the time of the apostles. Hi, my name is Derek Layden, and today I have been given the opportunity to celebrate Father's Day by sharing my faith story before my wife, Megan, my two daughters, Allison and Cora, and you, my church family. Listening to others share their faith stories has been encouraging to me as I see how God has used different means to strengthen our faith. One way he has grown my faith in recent years is through studying church history. Those who know me know I find church history absolutely fascinating. It's fascinating because when we look back through the pages of history, we get a glimpse of a merciful God who is faithfully pursuing and saving his people in all places and in all times. There we also meet brothers and sisters from all walks of life, different from us in many ways, yet united in Christ. I love hearing their stories, but among those stories from the past is one that particularly impacts me, and that is around the figure of Martin Luther. Now, for those who are familiar with the name Martin Luther, what may come to mind is images of a steadfast monk with his robust hammer in hand, nailing the 95 theses to the castle door at at Wittenberg, Or perhaps it conjures up a resolute reformer putting forth his here-I-stand speech. However, what what may be less known is that Luther's story began as a very troubled soul, struggling deeply with guilt and a feeling of unworthiness before a holy God. As a monk, Luther was determined to work harder than any other monk to to demonstrate his personal piety. After all, the popular sentiment of his day was, God will not deny his grace to those who do, his be- do their best. For a man like Luther, this did not bring peace. He was keenly aware that God was, a right- that God was righteous, and he, Luther, was not. As he rigorously pursued the aesthetic life of a monk, an- anxiety continued to well up within him, and it, is this- and it is this anxiety that I'm all too familiar with. One Sunday morning, as a, at a young age, I walked the aisle during an altar call to commit my life to Christ in the church that I grew up in. Yet it did not take long for me to begin to have questions. Did I pray the prayer right? Was I sincere enough? How do I know it worked? In spite of my doubts, I resolved to live my life as a good Christian, and for many years I thought I was, put, I was pulling it off. Sure, I might have had an occasional slip-up, but I felt that overall I was a pretty good person, and certainly God thought the same. 
Certainly God would not deny his grace to someone who is doing their best, like me. However, as I grew in the faith, I began to see more and more ugliness dwelling inside me. Selfishness, pride, bitterness, hidden sins, and bad habits. They may have been hidden under a good Christian veneer for a time, but they were not hidden from me, and certainly not from God, who knows man's hearts. At times, it did not, at times, as it did with Luther, anxiety would begin to well up in me, sometimes to the point of intense fear. The more I tried to look at myself and trust in my own goodness, the more fear would flood in instead. And I began to wonder, where's this peace with God that Paul talks about in Romans 5? Instead, what I've experienced was more aptly described by Paul in Romans 7 when he wrote, I do not understand my own actions, for I do what I do not want, but, what the, but, the very thing, but I do the very thing I hate. I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but, the ability, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil that I do not want is what I keep doing. What a sick and twisted man I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Fortunately, Paul does not end there. He goes on to answer that question and the good news that, with the good news that changes everything. Who will save me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. But Luther would come to know in his day, and what I've come to learn through reading both Scripture and men like Luther, is that, faith, that the faith that the Scriptures call me to is not looking inward to myself and my own worthiness. It is not trusting in my own obedience or my accomplishments or my feelings. It is not relying on my spiritual experiences, commitment, or how well I am pleasing both men and God. Faith is looking outside of myself to the Savior. It is resting in the promise that a merciful and loving Father makes us right before, before himself through the work of his Son. I might constantly struggle with the temptation to, look, to try to find peace in other things, but none of those things provide a lasting peace because they are constantly changing. Yet God's promises don't change. They are true, unchanging, and never fail. So the bad news is that I'm not a good person, and I can't, and I can't, and hope can't come from doing my best or looking within. But the good news is that I can find that peace with God that Paul talks about. It is a hope that comes from looking outside of myself to Christ. It, he takes my guilt, my inadequacies, my arrogance, my sin, and my buffoonery upon himself and places his righteousness, his perfection, and his peace upon me. This is the sweet exchange. This is the unexpected blessing upon which my hope and from which I find my hope and my rest. And I hope you do too. Thank you.